grief is interesting because it's like the one thing that um, everyone on this earth is going to experience at some point. Yet I feel like we don't create the space to feel it. Welcome to Outside by Design, a podcast about people who dared to make big changes to their lives in order to create something more aligned with their truth. It's kind of a business podcast, but it's really more about the business of being human, being brave, and listening to your gut no matter what. I'm your host, Lisa Slagle, and I'm a creative director, writer, and owner of Wheelie, a creative agency for people who thrive outside. I started my company 14 years ago and have gotten to meet tons of interesting athletes, creatives, CEOs, and marketing teams. So this is a podcast where I get to talk to colleagues, clients, and friends about things outside of project work, outside the norm, and most importantly, outside all of it by design. Welcome to Outside by Design. Uh, I am your host, Lisa Slagle, and today is an awesome episode. I say that every time, but uh, today's episode is with one of my favorite people. Her name is Jordan Romero, and she is a director. She's a DP. She's Oscar-nominated, and she's also like a magical surf goddess who is, <laughs> has taken me surfing. It was so nice. Um, Jordan, yeah, Jordan is a tremendously talented filmmaker, and... I love working with Jordan. Her, I talk about it in the podcast, but like my favorite thing about Jordan is her work ethic. She's just so fun, um, even on like the hardest, longest shoot days. And you know, like one time, one time we ate fast food in a parking lot off of the highway in Colorado because that was the only thing that was open. And she was just like happy as could be with potato LA's. Um, you know, it was like the worst craft services ever, but the shoot ran late. And I, I just remember thinking like, what a special human who just can make things and create in any conditions. And I think creating through good times, through bad times, through adversity, through grief, which we talk about on this podcast, um, is something Jordan is really, really good at. And there's just something a little extra to Jordan. So yeah, thanks for being here. Enough about me. Over to Jordan. Jordan, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you, Lisa. So good to be here, to see your face. It's been too long. I know. I'm so excited. I didn't realize how excited I was to see you until I saw you. And then I was like, I know. Yeah, the anticipation has been building all morning. So I'm happy to be here. And where are you in the world and what are you looking at? Right now, I am in Santa Barbara, California. I actually recently moved to a new spot so you haven't been here and I'm up in the hills of Santa Barbara in a, just the most California feeling bungalow and I just moved in three weeks ago and I'm obsessed with my house so that's where I am today. And then how close are you for, to surfing? What's what's your commute like to waves? Well I could probably get to the beach in 10-ish minutes um, to get to a good surf spot, probably more, probably inching towards 20, but that's because Santa Barbara is a hard surf town. You know, it's the best 
surf town when there's waves, but the worst surf town when there are no waves because you have to drive out of Santa Barbara to find some waves. So I don't mind it. Still 20 minutes, way closer than I was when I grew up. So I'll take it. <laughs> exactly. Um, I just like to open it up. Like we've changed the podcast a little bit from talking about the business side of creativity, which is still super important. But this season, I'm really focusing on the people behind their own businesses. Um, you are self-employed, kicking ass, uh, making beautiful films. You're Oscar nominated. I love working with you. Um, your work ethic is amazing. So I guess I just want to open it up with like, how did you... How did you decide that you wanted to design a life that looked like this? Well, just starting with the big questions, but um, I'll start from the beginning of how I ended up sitting here today. And I think I never thought that I would be working for myself. I never thought I'd be working in the film industry. And I remember in high school not really having I had a lot of hobbies, but none that I was, I never felt like I had passions. Like I never really knew what I wanted to do for a career. Um, but it's funny because looking back now, I realized like, I loved winter. Snowboarding was my absolute favorite thing to do in the world. Um, I grew up in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Yes, it does snow there. And yeah, I worked at the ski hill. It was 30 minutes from my house and me and my best friend, would get dropped off before we could drive. We'd get dropped off before the lifts open and picked up like an hour after the lifts closed because it was the only time we could get rides from our parents was before and after work. And I remember for Christmas one year, I got the GoPro 4 revolutionary camera at the time. And I would just get so lost making ski edits that were so bad, but so good at the same time. I'm hoping one day it's going to be a cult classic. Uh, Crispy Powder was my first ski edit of me and my best friend. It's gangster rap, us getting like a foot of air, you know, the best of times. And I just remember editing that video and spending like hours a day after school, like putting all the transitions in and finding the music and it's funny because looking back, I'm like, wow, it's kind of come full circle. I never really thought that those fun, silly GoPro edits could turn into a, a career. And it wasn't, I went to college in California. That's what brought me out here. And I went to Chapman, which happens to have one of the top film schools in the country. Um, and I was actually studying computer science uh, my freshman year. Yeah. I loved coding and making apps. I, I actually have a minor in computer science. Um, but I was like just a little computer nerd. And I watched uh, this, I don't know if it's a documentary, but this surf edit by John John Florence. It's called View from a Blue Moon. It's one of the most beautiful, stunning surf movies you can watch. Highly recommend um, and I don't know, I was in my dorm and I was like, you know what? I go to Chapman. I'm just going to see if I can get into the film school. So I applied to their documentary program and got in and that completely just changed the trajectory. Uh, computer science 
I just couldn't care less about it anymore. And I just got so into filmmaking. And I think film school really taught me like the power of storytelling and how you can really, you know, make an impact with the stories you tell. And it turned from wanting to make, you know, surf porn and snowboarding movies to, you know, I want to be outdoors, but like, what is the human experience that I can bring into these stories and bring to the world and actually make a difference? And so that is how I ended up in filmmaking. That was like the sort of the switch. When I met you, I weren't you working in an agency? So yes, I wasn't, I wouldn't call it an agency. How to call it? I was working so straight out of college, I went straight into freelancing had no, I, and working at a coffee shop. So, but I was doing anything under the sun, you know, editing insurance videos, you know, shooting events, just anything that had a dollar sign attached. Um, but I did work with this one client there um, in the surf industry, there was surf media outlet. And I actually like, I interned with them in college and was working with them freelance. And ultimately they offered me a full-time position as like the video team. And so I worked there for a year and I think I was just, I was only a couple of months in when I met you in Whitefish. Um, and then ironically, when we reconnected again, that was like my last month working there. Yes. Um, so yes, I did work full time and I'm not sure if I got super burnt out at this company because I was working on someone else's time, working on their projects. You know, I don't think we necessarily saw eye to eye with the creative aspects. It was often me shooting everything one man band and being able to like think bigger and operate more as a production company versus a surf media outlet. It was just really hard to like, they were trying to be a production company, but they weren't. So I I had a lot of frustrations and love them to death. I'm still freelancing for them. And it's just a way better fit um, me being able to be my own boss. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love working with you, by the way. I think you're, I think you're such a wonderful own boss. Like you show up really well. You're like the funnest person on set, even when it's like a 14 hour day. Um, and I think like anybody out there looking for an amazing filmmaker should hit up Jordan because Jordan, you're like the best. So, and your work <laughs> speaks for itself. So like, how did you, are you just like that? How did you learn? You're just really athletic. So you like, I make you run through all kinds of weird, like weeds and things with a gimbal to film mountain biking. And like you, the shots you get are gorgeous, you know? So I'm curious how, like, how, how do you do it? Are you just like this? <laughs> mom dad tell me how uh that's a great question I mean I grew up doing every sport under the sun I remember being a kid and I'm like a fifth grader right at this point and I'm you know getting out of school driving to swim practice getting out of the water half an hour early putting my hair in a ponytail and then running over to soccer and, you know some nights I had cheerleading maybe I had basketball I just loved sports and I love activity. Um, so I think I also just, I'm someone with a lot of energy. I'm definitely an extrovert. And yeah, if I don't move my body every day, I am the most 
crabby human on the planet. So I love our shoots together. Give me a 14-hour day. I want to be dirty. I want to be laying in the weeds. And oh, nothing beats that that feeling when your legs are just so tired at the end of the day. I, I That's like the best feeling in the, in the world. And yeah, I think one of my favorite parts about freelancing and like owning my own company is is the hustle like that is so satisfying to me um it's funny because I you know I gave up my full-time job to work for myself create my own hours but I probably work so much more like way more than like a standard work week but it, it flies by I love all aspects of of the hustle so um I do, it, it's it's funny how I have more energy now than I did working at the company. I love that. I love that, and it aligns with it aligns with like um, what I'm doing with Wheelie lately, which is like a lot less W two employees and more collaborations with independent contractors and freelancers and filmmakers because you have this ownership and like you just described this sense of like you're you're representing yourself and you're doing the work that you are proud of and like we come together and we collaborate and it just feels like a really healthy clean ecosystem of creatives working toward the same vision yeah I think that's such a good point and you know when you're you it's our when especially on our first few shoots you know you are representing the brand and it's inevitable that what you bring on set is a reflection and if you you kind of have only have one chance to prove yourself as a freelancer and if you don't work really hard like I think you're you just can't make mistakes or if you make mistakes you got to compensate in some other way or, or really work hard to to make it happen let's not forget remember the gimbal and I couldn't figure out the darn gimbal and I stayed up to like two in the morning trying to figure out how to make this stupid gimbal work for the camera. And you're like, there's no way we can not have this for the shoot. And I was just like, great. I just ruined this whole relationship. So I had to kill it the next day. I had to, you know. I remember we were on the phone at like, I, we were on the phone at like 2 or 2.30 in the morning and our call time was before sunrise. So it was like, I'll be at your house in Boulder at 4.45, you know? <laughs> and I was like, oh my, and then I had like a 35, 40 minute drive and I was like, I slept for an hour. Um, I know. And you, were, and you were being boss woman, you know, you were, you were stern. Like yeah. you weren't like, it's okay. You were like, no, like figure it out, <laughs> which of course was so scary, but obviously what you had to do. And we figured it out and it worked out and magically just redoing it at four in the morning. It just, it decided that it wanted to work. So yeah, good times. <laughs> and then, yeah, you killed it. You were amazing that day. You were amazing that whole day. That was a huge shoot day. We had like seven different locations. It was a lot. Yeah. Middle of the summer. So the sun rose super early. It was the longest day of the year. It yeah. was uh, the longest day of the year. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, like something I love about production is that you have, you work with what is and the way that life is. And even when you plan things to a T, like you're never going to plan the weather. And 
you know, everything, like we had so many things that were all lined up and different, like I kind of call them stations. Yeah. Um, when we're trying to get that many, for this project, we were trying to get a lot of different bodies and body types and different women on bikes. So we were all over the front range of Colorado, just chasing, literally chasing people on bikes. Literally. So I want to follow up on something you said before we started recording, because you were like, I'm in my mid twenties and I'm just in it. So what did you mean? Yeah, it's such a funny time. I think for those who don't know, I'm a 25 going on 26 in August and yeah, I'm just like really trying to figure things out. I feel incredibly fortunate when I look at my friend group that I feel like I'm really living in my purpose. I found I found a passion. I found a way to make money off of it. And it's something I like re- it's something I really look forward to every single day when I wake up. But, you know, there's there's still so much to learn and owning your own business and and truly like the business side of it is what's really been testing me this year and you know starting off as a filmmaker kind of the one-man band directing producing shooting editing distribution all of that I I did it with one of my first films and I absolutely loved doing every single bit but Every single year, I seem to be like letting go and and tuning into or refining what part of filmmaking I I am called to. Um, And then the business stuff has been just so tricky this year. Um, Are we in a recession? I don't know. I think we are. I mean, this like setting up an LLC, I finally am legit now this year with one of those and the business bank account. But it's really, I've been tested a lot this year in terms of, you know, I feel like I kind of plateaued a little bit in a way. Um, and it's been really difficult for me to find like really good like mentor figures, I suppose, that are following my exact path. Or I just feel I'm like, I don't know how to up level from where I am right now. And I've kind of been struggling with that the last few months and you know I think I'm really falling victim to the social media thing where I go on Instagram and everyone's doing this project and doing this project and then it's kind of hilarious when I am with people and they're like whoa you were working on this project and it's it's just that face that that brand that we put forward it's it's just a, yeah, it's a constant battle. And, you know, I've also had a few like massive personal traumas in my life this year that I wasn't able to work for all of February or March because I was just processing really big emotional times in my life. And yeah, just, you know, realizing the balance of, you know, saving for those times and oh gosh maybe I should have saved more last year and kind of just these learning lessons that I think are inevitable and you won't the only way to learn them is is to do it is to go head on and you know hit $200 in your bank account and then realize okay tomorrow I'm gonna send out 50 emails and get on the phone and 
yeah, I'm just in it right now. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, it's a, it's been a time. <laughs> I have two things. One, I have had a lot of really talented people that I worked with through the years email me within the last month being like, hey, got any projects? Hey, can you get me on a shoot? Like more so than ever. Yeah. Um, so I feel like there is a little bit of like funk out there. I also have seen a lot of brands giving their film budgets to influencers. Mm-hmm. So I think budgets are getting dis- dispersed in some different ways. Um, there are very, very talented people such as yourself that like the work is coming and ebbing and flowing more than normal when like it, the faucets usually just turn on. Um, so I'm seeing that across the board. Secondly, um, while maintaining your privacy, uh, you have been going through some absolutely huge shit. So like huge. And um, you do not have to talk about that or what that was, but I am curious, you are kind of coming out of that. What's your biggest thing that you've learned as a human? (sighs) That's a great question. I'm also like not afraid to not talk about it too, if you think it would be valuable. That was just a side note. Hmm. That's a good question. I think you'll turn it into something powerfully creative when you're ready. Yeah, I feel like I should just talk about it. (laughs) Okay, for context, dear audience, um, in 2018, someone was breaking into my house in Santa Fe while my family was home, and my dad was shot and killed trying to protect the house. And... We went a couple of years without having any leads, no idea who was responsible until genealogy came into the question and they were able to track down the murderer through genealogy. And so in February, we finally, after nearly five years, had a trial and it was the best outcome possible. And... Yeah, it was it was really heavy. I realize now looking back, I realize how much this event has really taken a toll on my productivity, my emotions over the like several months before and still to this day. I mean, I've learned one of the biggest things I've learned about grief is, you know, it's it's something that you learn to deal with. But I think that no matter how long it's been or how much work you've done, when you go to that place, the pain is always just as hard, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah, grief is such an interesting emotion. And I've been thinking about it a lot because I am wanting to do a creative endeavor with it this year hopefully Um, my dad was a huge mountain biker that was his life's passion he's the reason that I love the outdoors and I really want to just make an absolutely beautiful poetic piece but I don't know grief is interesting because it's like the one thing that um, everyone on this earth is going to experience at some point yet I feel Like, we don't create the space to feel it as a society, you know? it's You're allowed to be sad, but 
the world just seems to move on without you. And even the people, I have the most amazing support system, you know, it's, you still feel like you're going through it alone. And yeah, I think we just need to be in a place where we're able to take time for ourselves and, you know, really feel it every day and not have the pressure to get back to normal and get over it right away. But how do we incorporate it into our daily lives and, and keep, you know, their spirit alive on a day-to-day basis? So, yeah, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to, to my project that I hope to shoot this summer. Um, I've had it in my head ever since it happened, and it's never been the right time to do it. And now that the trial is done, and there has, I mean, it's crazy. I wasn't expecting to have a, a huge amount of closure from the trial because my dad will never come back. But it is, it is crazy how much it does feel like this chapter is finally, you know, at least the trauma of the death is coming to an end and now I can do a project that will celebrate his life and it's absolutely daunting because I've I've spent my whole life telling other people's stories and so to flip it, the switch and have to put my own story out there is is a is a challenge that I'm looking forward to taking on this year I love that and uh I've never biked with you. What's like, what's your relationship to mountain bike? Mountain biking. It's so funny. I really do love mountain biking. I am shocked that I wasn't more into it when I was younger. Well, I'm not shocked at all, actually, because do we ever do exactly what our parents want us to do deep down? I don't think so. Um, and I think I kind of resisted getting into it after he died because I was like, I didn't want to mountain bike because my dad mountain biked like, for some reason, I, I just didn't want it to be that way. But there's no way it's not because whenever I'm on a bike and the bike that I ride now is his mountain bike. It's a super sick S-Works. I mean, it's just so beautiful. Um, it kind of doesn't fit me, but I love riding it. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And I, whenever I'm in Santa Fe, I ride my bike all the time. Santa Barbara, I don't know why, but... <laughs> The trails are so scary here. They're just like, they're not flowy. It's it's straight up and rocks everywhere. Like I wish there was better trails because I'd go all the time if I could. Um, and I love climbing and that's what my dad loved. Like, I think I got his legs, like give me a hill. I will go as high as I need to. That's where I feel most confident. It's the going down part that I seem to have adopted some fear around but um yeah we need a mountain bike together I know I know and I'm so like you're gonna make a film I think this is amazing with his friends yeah it's honestly I'm really excited because they we I really became better friends with them they all came to the trial every single day and sometimes we'd go to the breweries after and just to like hear their perspective like, I know my dad from my perspective, obviously, but to hear about it from his friends and people that knew him, like, while he was doing the things that he loved, it's awesome. And there's this term we call in Santa Fe, Santa Famous. And I think my dad was a very Santa Famous mountain biker because 
I mean, he's, he was a maniac on a bike. Like he loved to climb. He'd be gone for like eight hours every weekend. He actually competed in races. He was never a pro, but he always won his category. Like he was an incredible cyclist and it's really cool because I like to give, I used to love to give him shit thinking I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're great and all, whatever. Are you really that good? But he really was, and it's really cool to hear because he influenced his mountain biking group so much, and he always gave back and taught them tricks and, like, worked on lines with them, and so, yeah, I'm really excited to connect with them, and, yeah, it just, it, it's a celebration. I'm not trying to make it a sad film, a trauma film. I'm trying to make it a celebration of his life and allowing others to join in the process. Because I remember that on the anniversary of his death, I was actually conceptualizing everything last year and putting it into like a little pitch deck. Um, and that process, you know, I was working on it for several days and it happened to be around the anniversary of his death. And that was the best year I've ever had on that day. I felt so grounded. And I think it just is the power of, of working and putting your experiences into something creative it's it allows you to you know to process and to really you know massage and but yeah it just allowed me to process that grief in a way that really helped so I'm excited for the film I'm actually I'm really 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 excited about it so and I like I like that through line of adult friendship and like why that matters and like um yeah I don't know because like biking is just so fun and it's kind of like something you do when you're a kid and then when you do it with adults and and you are an adult and then you have adult friendships and like then suddenly that person isn't there anymore like it just yeah I I mean it's hard but I think that that friendship and camaraderie and community is going to be such a like celebratory film so exactly and it's like one of those films too where I don't know. I'm someone who loves film festivals and I love, you know, seeing how to make a film as successful as possible. But I feel like something like this, what, what success is for this film is being able to show it in Santa Fe with the people I love. And it's really a film for them. It's a film for me. And it's, I really don't care about the rest of it for this. Yeah. (laughs) Which is cool. That's a spirit of generosity, you know, you're like making something from a place of generosity and wanting to share. And yeah, that's, it's going to be, obviously it's going to be awesome. (laughs) And I get to shoot in New Mexico, which I freaking love New Mexico. If I didn't surf, I'd live there in a heartbeat. And I'm excited. There's just so many amazing and diverse mountain biking spots from deserts to forests, red rocks, places that look like the moon. I, I think it's going to allow me to be really, really creative. I love that. So. I love that. Um, so we are, we're 10 years apart. I turned 36 in a couple of days. Um, Yay! Curious. Happy birthday. Thank you. Um, where do you see yourself in 10 years? And that's like such a cheesy question, but like, I don't know if you like have a mood board or like how you, how you've designed your life so well for your 20s, like, do you, what do you envision is next? Hmm. Great question. 
because to be honest, I love the life I've built. Every few months I just reflect. You know, it's, it's just a really, it sounds dark, but I do this often. Whenever I get on an airplane, I have this sort of irrational fear that that's the way I'm going to die is on an airplane crash. And I don't know, every once in a while I'll get on a plane and before the plane is, before we're taking off, I, I sit there and I think, you know, if I were to die on this plane, like, am I happy with my life? And oftentimes I'm completely content, you know, I'm happy to leave this earth. Um, and so I think there's a lot I want to achieve in the next 10 years. Um, on paper, a lot of things I want to achieve, but at the end of the day, I mean, I want to continue the lifestyle that I'm living right now where I feel like I have a really good balance of work and play and really good community and friendships. And I want to be able to maintain this balance and, you know, I want a little bit more financial stability. That's for sure. Um, I really do want to win an Oscar. Mm -hmm. That's a big goal of mine. I guess I got to make a feature film. I really want to make a feature film. And and really just continue on the trajectory I'm on, working with bigger clients and, you know, just doing everything I'm doing now, but on a bigger scale, I suppose. So, yeah, I just want to get better in everything, you know, continue to grow and hopefully find successes that match the growth. Oh, my goodness. I love that. <laughs> don't and don't you love like being a professional creative like your work and your play and your life it's all kind of like one big thing it is it's so fun I think it's easy to be afraid when you do have your work so intertwined with things that you love that you're gonna get sick of it it's gonna always feel like work or it's gonna feel like a job and so I'm trying to constantly be cognizant of that and make sure that the projects I'm saying yes to light me up. And I think by saying yes to projects that light me up and having the power of saying no to ones that don't suit me, you know, that it's a discipline and that discipline leads to successes and more jobs of what, what you want. I think that when you start to sacrifice your happiness and you sacrifice uh things that your creativity you know that's when you start to get yourself in a hole and I I've even though I've only been doing this for five six years now I've, I've found that if I'm really strict on that and I am able to use the discipline to say no to projects that maybe pay really well or I'm working with clients that I just don't really agree with sometimes I, I find that that sucks my energy so low that I've learned that it's it's worth it just to say no to some things in order to open up opportunities that are perfectly aligned and allow me to travel and and to go and do these fun adventures where yeah I, it doesn't feel like work and it's just so much fun and yeah, I'm feeling really grateful this like past year, two years where I've been able to do a really a bunch of fun projects and meeting amazing people and and just feeling like I really 
have made a mark in this community in the outdoors where I just feel really connected with people. Have you obviously like, you know, remaining anonymous to who the brand is, have you ever had something that seemed like it was a dream project? And then once you got into it, you were like, Ooh, this is out of alignment or like, I don't know, something you said yes to where you were like, wow, did I learn that? Oh gosh. Yeah. I was in college and I got asked to go to this amazing country to to be the DP for this project and it was with a photographer that I really look up looked up to as well as this woman and her her partner and essentially the group dynamics of this trip were insane um the woman brought her partner and I guess I mean the photographer and the and the host of the show they've worked together for over like 10 years and so the dynamic between them was set in stone where they are very much like a family and so me as an outsider coming in to that was really difficult and having to play with the group dynamics and wanting to do a good job but you know just it the group dynamics were just off and everyone kind of just seemed in a bad mood really easily and I don't know I just remember feeling so lonely every night I would go to sleep and I would just put headphones on and like listen to music and that was like my safe space from the group dynamics which was a real shame because the project was really could have been so amazing but I think the group dynamics really led to its ultimate demise because everyone was just on edge all the time and I just felt like I was walking on eggshells the entire trip oh I think like like a t- the team you build for every project is critical to the success of the project. And like, I don't know, I, you're really, really fast. Like you're pretty run and gun. So um, like, I know that I can put you on shoots that are like faster paced. Um, whereas like, I wouldn't do that for everyone. And like, I guess it kind of for you, like what, what makes a shoot like the actual production day, like super aligned um, with what you enjoyed doing like what's a good group dynamic for you or like a best case scenario or dream project scenario let's just put it out into the universe okay well group dynamics I think are huge because whether you're working with talent or especially if you're working with talent you know you want your crew to be cohesive and working together and I feel like a lot of our shoots in the outdoors you know so much can go wrong and you just really got to know how to roll with the punches and group dynamic is huge because you guys ultimately only have each other and being able to come together and problem solve and you know not getting upset when something goes wrong but instead turning that around and and finding a solution is so key and you know, if one person's off one day, it, it affects the whole morale of the group. And I think it's just crucial to come with a good attitude. And you don't have to be the loudest person either. You don't have to be rowdy and having a good time. It can be serious and fun. It can be serious and not fun. But as long as you're there and you're putting your all into something, I think that just makes a huge difference at the end of the day. If everyone's 
you know, at least it feels like everyone's doing their best. They're working as hard as they can. And then I think it just leads to less mistakes. And even if, if, you know, the clouds roll in and it starts pouring rain on your shoot, you know, like you guys are going to figure it out at the end of the day. And especially when we are working with talent, you know, you want them to feel comfortable and invited into your group. And I think that that is such a huge aspect to it. So it's true. And I think like, yeah, being able to problem solve as a team, so critical. Um, and just, yeah, everybody, like the energy that goes into it comes across on film. Absolutely. All the energy Absolutely. behind the camera. Like if it's like, like that comes through. Exactly. And I am such a dork behind the camera. I have learned this through your epic taking of BTS. I'm like, what am I, what comes out of my mouth? But it works. So yeah, I like to just be the cheerleader on set because it's just so fun. I like to have fun on set. I like to be serious too, but I feel like most of the times I'm just there to have fun and, and make the talent have fun. And so I think fear is like the fastest way to kill creativity. Um, we've had, we've had amazing sets and like good vibes going and then very like assertive domineering client would roll up and like kill a vibe you know, and then the talent gets freaked out and everybody gets freaked out. And then I was listening to like, you know, do you know Shonda Rhimes? Yes. The yes. So I love, I'm obsessed with Shonda Rhimes. Um, but she was just on Armchair Expert, the podcast talking about how when she doesn't even go to set because it freaks people out too much um, and they get too like uptight and weird. And she's like, don't do that. Um, so she just like writes it, writes all the creative, writes the screenplay, writes the script, and then gives it doesn't show up to production and then gets back in in post-production no way because she said she realized the power dynamic when she would roll in and everybody gets freaked huh. out um and that as the writer she's the only person on set not doing something and that just added uh, to the power dynamic fascinating isn't that that i mean that completely makes sense but wow yeah, that's nuts, <laughs> isn't it? So yeah, I always, I always try to be really aware of like power dynamics. Not that I'm anywhere near Shonda Rhimes whatsoever, but like you know, just power dynamics of like if you're someone's boss or like if you're the client, like just that that energy on set is um, incredibly impactful. Yeah, and I also think another aspect of like crew dynamics on set is is having the correct representation there. You know. I feel so lucky that I work often with just women and you know, I love my guys too, but it's, it's undeniable that when you're shooting women and you only have women on set, you're going to get a completely different outcome. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's such a safe space when you're working with women. And I think that is so crucial on set and you don't realize like what you're missing until you have it or, or you don't realize how valuable that is until that safety is broken. And yeah, I just, I love my ladies and it's so good when it's an all female crew. I feel like it's just such a good time. <laughs> I agree. It's so, it's so fun. 
I think it's important to like put a whole bunch of different people. Like when you have remarkably intelligent people in the same room, like working towards something um, and having like a whole bunch of diverse people, the work is better. But yeah, it's like secretly like just the best when it's all women. I know. It's, yeah, it's great. <laughs> Do you want to talk about the project the very first time we ever worked together, which was Full Frontal Freedom, which was a fun, quick uh, branded film for our friend Jenny, who owns Wild Barn Coffee. Um, but yeah, why don't you tell your story? Like your, yeah, what's your story of how that went down? Oh my gosh. Guys, let me tell you about the most insane week of my life. I go on Instagram DMs. There is a message from either Lisa or Wheelie. I can't remember which account. And it says, hey, are you free next Monday to shoot an all-women's naked backcountry ski run? And I was like, this is what I live for. I love being naked. I love women. And I love skiing. Like, this is the trifecta. So, yeah. A few days later, I fly out to Steamboat. You pick me up in the truck. We drive over to Bluebird backcountry and yeah, the next day there we are and over 200 women show up for this event and it's just insane. It's so it's one lap at Bluebird backcountry. Everyone skins up with clothes on. You dropped me off earlier. You took the sled up. I had to walk the rest of the way. I have a snowboard in one hand and my huge camera and the easy rig. And I'm just waiting at the top for all these women. I can just see the little line slowly coming up the hill. And everyone gets up. And before even the last woman is up at the top of the hill, people are just stripping naked. And it was insane to ski. I And so, of course, I had to get naked also. And so there we were, camera in hand, snowboarding at the same time. Like, it was the best day ever. Such a safe space women only, music, food, good storytelling. I mean, it was, I would live that day every day and die a very happy woman. It was so fun. I have like the funniest photo of you, like you are filming and you're just wearing the vest with the easy rig. You're totally naked. You're in your snowboard. You have the gimbal going. Uh, Like, yeah, I mean, it was, and then, yeah, you're just, your ass is just hanging out, you're chasing, I'll text it to you, it's so funny, and I was like, look at Jordan, she's just naked, the easy rig vest. Yeah, it truly, I, yeah, it hit all the boxes for me, I don't think I'll, I'll ever have a peak that, I hope I have another peak that high again, but that was truly probably the shoot day that I remember most in my entire life, it was so much fun. Yeah. Um, anything else? Anything I haven't asked you that you want to share with our audience? Nothing to add necessarily, but I mean, if there are people who are trying to break out and, you know, follow their creative juju and, you know, break out of their corporate job, I am such a believer in taking the risk and, you know, finding your passion project. I am a sucker for passion projects. I always have at least one going on at all times. And it is completely for my sanity. I think, um, I just, I believe in them so much. And I think that if you are even doing what you love, but you feel like you're, you're leaning too far into trying to make everything 
pay you, you know, it's, it's a cycle, it's a vicious cycle. And it's, it's just important to have projects where you can express yourself fully and whether that's just being a painter or crocheting, or actually if you're a filmmaker making another film, you know, I think that those types of projects are so valuable. Amazing. And where can people find you on the internet? Internet. My website is jordanromero.com. Instagram is at jordanromero. Jordan with a Y, by the way, J-O-R-D-Y-N. Can't forget. Thank you, Mom and Dad, for making that a little difficult. And that's pretty much all all I live on. Awesome. Thanks for listening to Outside by Design, hosted by me, Lisa Slagle. This show is produced by my creative agency, Wheelie. You can find us at our website, wheeliecreative.com. You can also visit wheeliecreative.com slash podcast to find more episodes, transcripts, and show notes. And of course, we're on Instagram. It's at Wheelie Collective. This podcast is a ton of work and a labor of love, and it would mean a lot to me if you'd like to support the show. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a five-star review, or sharing this episode with a friend who would enjoy it. And as always, thanks for being here.